Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is ESPN Radio. America's Dallas. team. America's team, Jay. America, but it's, Amber. America. It's weird because... When I before I was on national because now I love everything we do here on national before I was on national I used to get annoyed like we used to talk on local a little bit of trash about you national folks uh-huh. because you spend so much time on the Dallas Cowboys even yeah. when they're not interesting because it is America's team now I'm part of the problem now that I'm here at ESPN but what's funny is this summer I don't so, feel like we've been doing that at all so now and you're they okay are interesting it? now, now we'll, you're okay well, with yeah, it that we're well, doing it now you're part of the problem that's what you're trying to tell me Amber I, I mean I'm okay with a lot of things once you start paying me to do them Amber, they change a lot, don't they? <laughs> they really do. They change perspectives. <laughs> but I feel like we haven't been talking about Dallas as much as we normally do in the off season. Good morning, by the way, Jay Williams. Uh, Amber Wilson, Jay <gasps> Williams here with you on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber, did I get a good morning from you? Got you got a good morning. Oh my, because usually Amber, you come in, you like to get bing, 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 bing. Like you, it, it Very was funny. Formal, like I go that. home like after a long day, and like I go and I see my wife. I'm like. Hey, good to see you. She's like, hey, did you get this done? Did you get that done? I'm like, okay. Like, we're on our Bill Belichick task force. I, I see it. Like, I'm on it. And I, I, I'm So I'm used to it. But when I get a good morning, my ears perk up. I'm like, good morning. How are <laughs> well, you morning. today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Did, you did you have the coffee? Did we, did we have the, the 5X mug? Coffee mug this morning? I have it for you right here. I did have some coffee this morning. I need to refill it. There it is. So there you go. Um, We are ready. We are uh, liquid caffeinated somewhat, at least anyways, this morning. Did you see the the fight yesterday? The the beef that occurred between Chris Canty and Ryan Clark? I I love stuff. I I live for stuff like this, Amber. Oh, do tell. I think I missed this. So uh, obviously there was a, you know, Chris Canty who has his show, Canty and Carlin, uh, big time show. I love CC. He's my man. See him coming in the studio, by the way. Biggest thighs I've ever seen. Not that I stare at another man's thighs, but, um, you know, sometimes as a, as a, as a six, two smaller guard, there's some, you, you see other people that play certain positions and you're like, wow, I'm glad I never got hit by a person like him. So I don't know if I spent a lot of time staring at Canty's thighs, That's uh, which is That's probably fine. appropriate. That's fine. However, yeah. uh, Canty, for those of you who do not know, is a incredibly large human. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I have never yes. felt more petite than I have hanging out with Chris Canty. So, so, so now you get my sentiment. You understand what I mean. There's certain people that you see in life, you're like, wow, okay, I saw Shaq, and I'm like, uh, I get it. I get it. I don't want to be hit by you. Anyway, uh, Chris Canty was speaking the other day about Sean Payton and was talking about certain analysts or pundits, as he referred to, uh, getting on their high moral horse about Sean Payton and saying, you know, we he understands how sensitive athletes are. And if anybody knew Sean Payton, he knew that he was going to the utmost degree to protect the fragility of his quarterback. This is what I said yesterday, Amber. Like, And you agree with it. You thought it was past a certain code and we'll hear – you know, people talk about it today. Obviously, it's, a, it's an ongoing theme as it relates to Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets and everybody's sensitive around it. But it, it turned into quite the exchange on social media because then Ryan Clark posted on Chris Canty's page. So Chris Canty posted this commentary 
And then Ryan Clark said, keep my name out of your mouth, fam. Not the way I do business. Analyze what you're paid to, not me. Much appreciated. And then after that, it goes into a little bit back and forth. Chris Canty then said, don't care how much you do or don't do business, champ. I'm going to talk my talk. Uh, I mean, then Ryan Clark went back at him, understood, brother. I'll respect you enough to not include your name and my analyst. Much as I feel Sean shouldn't address other coaches, I feel that's how I should do my job. I hear you loud and clear. I know the energy here forward, all I can ask, and apparently you really care how I do business. Chris Canty, if you want to be in your feelings about my take on something you said, by all means. And by all means, Amber, I'm here for all of it, damn it. I love it. Now I want to see how these two see each other in the hallways in Bristol. I just love like when beefs come out. Has this ever happened to you with your time here? You say something, somebody else disagrees or they post it, it goes viral, and then you kind of go back and forth. Have you had this experience? It hasn't gotten personal with me Mm. with anybody here at ESPN. I mean, I feel like... They're first taking in their timeline on social media, these two guys, right? Because these two guys often, they have the hot takes, both of them. They do embrace the whole first take world. Now they're just debating in their comments. But no, it's never been personal between me and not yet. Jay, there's always time. Well, hold on, Amber. Amber, last year, I remember when I made a predict. We were talking about Heat Celtics. Uh Uh-oh. And I said Celtics and five. Wait, was this like your prediction before? Like, hey, I'm going to pick the the Heat to win? It was actually happening to be uh canty and carlin i was working with them and we were talking about that heat uh heat Celtics series and i said heat in five i was getting destroyed on twitter by heat fans that's true but that wasn't amber, me amber now i i may have been the person <laughs> i may have i may have been, like I may have been the person who who distributed it out to heat nation yeah. uh mm. i did make uh the heat Brethren aware of Nuno's take, but I wasn't the one that went after Nuno. And she was Nuno, liking you know, everything. You know Amber lives for stuff I like that. Yeah, she you was liking that. stuff, retweeting things. I, I mean, mean, these Heat fans had really good right. points, Nuno. <laughs> and your take was trash. <laughs> so, but, see, wow. but, look, all right. but it wasn't personal, baby. It's just business. It's see, strictly it, business, it, right? That's what it is. It's business. But it, it, there is an interesting point, though, where you could tell, Amber, it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And when it gets uncomfortable, I am here with my buttered popcorn and my Coca-Cola ready to watch the show. I mean, I'm I have definitely run into that sort of beef, the heat take beef with like Kevin Winter, who does our sports centers here at ESPN radio, yeah. Ben Rivera, who's one of our producers here. Like I have definitely had those sorts of arguments with people behind the scenes here at ESPN radio, but never on social actually calling out their takes other than that time with Nuno and Nuno super deserved it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of reacting <laughs> to something someone said, Chris Canty said some wild stuff yesterday. Let's react to that. Look Look at that transition. Kyler Murray is going to be available this offseason, right? The Arizona Cardinals have waved the white flag before the season starts. They're tanking. They're going to try to get one of those signal callers next year, whether it's Drake May, Kayla Williams, one of those guys from the college ranks. Well, where does that leave Kyler Murray? Certainly he'll be available. His contract, what, he's making $46 million a year? That's starting to look like a bargain for a starting quarterback. It would be a young veteran quarterback that presents more in the way of athleticism and overall talent than Dak Prescott brings to the table. Now, I don't know that's going to equate to Dallas being able to do more high-level winning, but my point with Dak is this. If we have to keep asking the question about whether or not he can get the Cowboys to winning a championship, eventually we're going to land on that answer being no. If it doesn't happen in 2023, I don't know that it's ever going to happen for Dak in Dallas. Amber, here's more ESPN on ESPN Crime. It's about to occur right here in real time. 
if you don't know whether Kyler Murray will equate to more winning, why the hell are you doing it? Why are you doing it, Chris Canty? I, I want people who can lead men. Now, look, I've never personally met Kyler Murray, Amber, but I will tell you there are certain people out there in Steve Kimes, who was the general manager from the Arizona Cardinals, that I somewhat trust his opinion on certain things, so to a degree. But after a while, when I hear the same theme over and over and over and over again from people in Steve Kimes' camp, from people in Cliff Kingsbury's camp, when I hear Larry Fitzgerald make comments, when I hear Patrick Peterson, who played with him, make commentary, when I hear former players come out and speak on the leadership aspects of Kyler Murray. I I start wondering, do I want him to lead other men in a locker room where there are massive egos? And I'll say this for Dak, who first off costs less than Kyler Murray, who secondly is uh, touchdown interception ratio is better than Kyler Murray. And I know he is a way better leader than Kyler Murray. So if you want to replace Dak Fine, but please, Chris Canty, save me with the Kyler Murray rescue. I, I and in what world is Kyler Murray at this point a discount for anybody at a base salary of forty six million dollars? <laughs> I understand that these other quarterbacks just got paid, but these other quarterbacks that just got paid, who are Austin Young, like the Justin Herberts and Jalen Hurts of the world, we're all sold on. Like we're talking about Kyler Murray with all of these questions, and it's not like Kyler Murray is making you know thirty million a year or twenty million a year. I mean, we're still talking about a dude who signed a five year, two hundred and thirty and a half million dollar deal not very long ago, by the way. So yes, Kyler Murray is young. Yes, he's got athleticism. Yes, maybe he's got some talent and some promise. If it plays out to any degree, I don't know why the team, frankly, that handed him that contract would let him go because he is so young. So you can continue to build around him if you're the Arizona Cardinals and actually try to get this thing right. But also moving that contract, I don't think is nearly as simple if it's not working out in Arizona as Chris Canty just made it sound. Why would Dallas want to do that? Like when, like you said, Dak is cheaper and Dak is more proven. And why would you want to do that when and next year, Kyler Murray's dead cap hit is $81 million. Oh. And you're talking about a cap hit generally next year of almost $52 million on your books for Kyler Murray if you take on that contract. And in this scenario, he's a dude who didn't work out with his last team. I just don't see this as the answer for Dallas at all. And if I'm a Dallas fan, I hate this idea. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go from Dak, who at least has proven something. I mean, nobody <laughs> has Dak as like a fourth-tier quarterback in the league, to a guy who some people would easily has a fourth-tier quarterback in the league because he's just so unproven. And by the way, one of the reasons Kyler Murray is unproven, other than terrible coaching staff and some of the issues there in Arizona, is durability. So yes, Mm. he's young, but he also has been plagued with injuries throughout his career. You know why I love doing radio with you, Amber? Because every single day you show up and you're prepared. (laughs) You know your stuff, right? I, I know that there are good habits in place because whenever you open your mouth about a subject matter, I'm like, oh, She's done her due diligence. Great. She's read articles. She's spoken to people. She understands the nuances and the details of how deals are broken down. So first off, isn't Dak always prepared? Now, whether he delivers in that moment or not, that's something else. I understand that. But uh, haven't we heard about the studying habits of Kyler Murray? And mm-hmm. once again, I am not just poo-pooing everything about Kyler Murray. I think he is super talented, Amber. But there are certain things that if you just – Read in between the lines, you kind of see who people are if they continue to tell you that. 
There's also an out in Dak's contract after 2024. So if you really want to move on from Dak, that's go. probably when you're doing it. You're not doing it by trying to trade Dak away and trade for Kyler Murray. And there's no need to go down that path if you're the Dallas Cowboys. And yes, you were talking in Kyler about a dude who apparently, apparently has work ethic problems. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out this season. He's got a lot of proving to do there in Arizona. And Dak always has proving to do in Dallas. But when you're the head, I mean, when you are at the head of the Dallas Cowboys, when you are at that position playing pressure. quarterback, pressure. so much pressure, so much scrutiny. We, we're already talking about Kyler Murray, it, it, and everyone's already with that contract clause and yep. sort of the rumors around him, and is he a leader in the locker room? We're already talking about it. He was on a trash Arizona Cardinals team, right? That was forgettable. Imagine that scrutiny if he had a star on his helmet. Mm. I, I can't. That would just, it feels like a terrible situation. Well, I'll tell I'm you, out on I'll this. Tell you I'm, what, I'm, apparently, I'm Team RC now. I'll tell you what, and RC. Nunito, we need to post that because we both called Chris Canty's take on Kyler Murray trash. And now I need Chris Canty to get in our timeline so we can start some more beef, Amber. That's what we need to do today. Uh, ESPN Radio on Radio Beef. I am absolutely here for it. Coming up next, we are also here to find out if you're worried that the outside directions will catch up to the Jets. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. Lots of beef. Beef everywhere. Beef between Chris Canty and Ryan Clark. Beef between Sean Payton, Aaron Rodgers, and Nathaniel Hackett. Apparently that beef, by the way, is what led to the ESPN beef over here. But we've been talking about the beef with Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, and Aaron Rodgers for days. So, of course, we first got the comments from Sean Payton, hypercritical of Nathaniel Hackett's season there in Denver as head coach. Aaron Rodgers comes out. He defends his guy. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. <laughs> play that. We hadn't actually heard from Nathaniel Hackett yet, okay? Now we finally have. He had a microphone, Jay, in front of his face. So, of course, he was asked about Sean Payton's comments at his press conference. Here is Nathaniel Hackett reacting to what Payton said last week. Obviously, last week has been a uh, very unique week, I think, uh, for for this organization. And, um, you know, I've been involved in this business my whole life, 43 years. And uh, as a coach, you know, as a coach's kid, uh, you know, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done in that house. And, you know, this past week, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. I mean, the code's boring. Okay, the code is boring. Break the code. The code is boring. You guys aren't robots. I, I show, some, show a little emotion. And really, Jay, 
what Sean Payton said, and I get he's breaking this code. He's going against the fraternity, right? This isn't how things are done. But what Sean Payton said was obvious to all of us. Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible job as head coach of the Broncos. It doesn't make him a terrible person. It doesn't make him a terrible father. These things Aaron Rodgers was coming out and defending. It doesn't make him a bad coordinator, by the way, or a bad coordinator currently with the New York Jets. It just means he was a bad head coach that season, last season with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, Amber, we're on the same page. What I found interesting about this whole thing yesterday is Mike Greenberg, who obviously has Greeny in his show, uh, talked about the noise and how he was somewhat worried about the noise that was coming to Jets' way. Check this out. If there's one thing that I'm a little concerned about, it's that the Jets seem to me to be very concerned about all the things that are said about them and all the things that are being done around them. And none of those things make a damn bit of difference. The reality is the Jets have a tough schedule. They've got six tough games at the very beginning, and they need not to get buried. That's what they need to worry about. The Jets need to come out of those first six games at worst two and four, and I'm really hoping for three and three. If they do, then I think they have a chance to really get something done this year. But they could get buried, and they need to spend absolutely no energy worrying about what Sean Payton says or what talk shows say or anybody else. Oh, my greeting, I love you, but that's not how sports work, Amber. We, we spend energy on the petty stuff. That's what drives us. That's what fuels us. I mean, every single day when you're getting hit by other men or when, you know, I'm rolling an ankle on the basketball court, finding a way to play through, like I need to find something to play for that given particular day. Like that's how it works, right? I need to be driven. So I have no problem with them utilizing this as motivation. And I don't think they're worried about Sean Payton, but I mean, was Aaron Rodgers not supposed to defend his teammate? Like his, his coach, like that's what you will want. If, if one of your players got like, if one of my players got hit with a random screen on the court, Amber, and it was an illegal screen, right. And that guy intentionally was trying to hurt my teammate. Oh, I'm going to step up. I'm going to say something. Like, we might throw hands. Sorry, because my teammate's going to understand before it's all said and done that he's my teammate. He's mine. He, We're on the same side as we battle on this. That's what Aaron Rodgers did. And by the way, I have no problem with how Nathaniel Hackett handled it, Amber. Uh, he was very professional. He let the world know, yeah, I heard it. Like, I, I expected it. Did it bother me? Sure. But now I'm going to turn my attention to what matters the most, which is, my offensive responsibilities and my team. Like you're going to take inbound uh, when you're a team that is hunted, but it wasn't self-inflicted. As long as things aren't self-inflicted, I'm okay with it, Amber. The coach speak answer from Nathaniel Hackett would have been, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Nothing to say. I'm the coordinator of the Jets. I'm not worried about what's happening there in Denver, right? And that's what we typically see from these guys. So I Mm -hmm. guess to Greeny's point, we're not used to Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers also going back a little bit at Sean Payton. But I tend to agree with you with Sean Payton's comments as strong as they were, and we're not used to seeing that. He already broke that code, so to speak. Then why not Aaron Rodgers do it as well and respond and, and beef up his guy and instill that confidence in his 
his coordinator. And Nathaniel Hackett, of course, knew he was going to be asked about these comments. He had days to prepare for that. He handled it fine. But I also think it's fair that he gave some level, some semblance of response to a guy who had been hypercritical of him, who he hadn't ever met. I like all of this. I like the transparency of all of this. I like the beef. I like the beef between Chris Canty and Ryan Clark. I want more beef in my life. I like this beef now between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets because it makes week five so much more interesting of the regular season matchup as it would have been. Here's Nathaniel Hackett again, the Jets OC, on whether he thinks Sean Payton broke the code. I just think that within within this glass house that we all live in, and it's one of those things, it's, it's very expected. I mean, we, we, you knew it was going to happen. You knew he was going to handle it that way at some point. It's how it was going all last year. And uh, But, hey, now, now it is what it is, and we move on. I'm very excited about this team. There's been a lot of really good stuff going on here, uh, and I want to be sure we're focusing on that because uh, that, that, that's in the past. Learn from your mistakes. Move on. All of us. Hey, real quick, I have a question for you guys. Go if, ahead, Pat. If you live in a glass house mm-hmm. and everyone can see everything going on, oh God! Mm-hmm. why can't they comment on it? You're like, oh, I can see he's getting changed. He's got, he, he just not, took a he cold should, shower. He should not wear those SpongeBob boxers. So we can all see it. <laughs> you're just not supposed to throw rocks at it. And then you're not oh. supposed to throw rocks. If you live in the glass house, that's the old saying. Kind of makes sense because if you're at a house and you throw rocks. Amber, did you, see, not go well of the did you see this sweater that Nathaniel Hackett was wearing during this press interview? Uh, I did. I didn't Goth- notice anything. I wasn't Goth- really paying attention to it. Gotham City. It oh, said okay. Gotham City Jets on it. That's all about Batman, baby. It, it, it's time to get in the trenches. It's okay. Like, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, Batman had all the gadgets. Gatman, Batman, Gatman, jeez. Uh, not it's talking early. about Job Morant. Now, anyway, um, uh, all I'm going to say <sighs> is, it, what, was that a low blow? Is it too I, early? I just got it. Is, is it too early? <laughs> I mean, it just when things happen, I don't know how, how am I supposed to not talk about it, Amber? But like anybody, if you're living in the dark, or like, isn't this like Bane? Okay, like I'm gonna take random shots at people. They're gonna take random shots back at me. I'm here for it. I'll see you October eighth. Yeah. I'll see you October eighth, and then when we win, I'll look at you. I'll shake your hand. I'm like, you know, I'm really glad that offense just you know looked like it was sputtering out of control. Sorry. You got the coach speak at the end from Nathaniel Hackett, right? Like he said the thing, like it wasn't anything much that he said, but he said, he said something in response. Essentially, we knew this was coming, which I don't know why you knew this was coming from Sean Payton, but okay. And then on the back end of that, you got the coach speak though. We're focused though on here and we feel great about the direction of this team and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we always expect. What we don't expect is these guys actually going at each other. And that's, what's fun about it is because we don't necessarily expect it, but in fairness to the jets and there is nothing, there are a few things in life I hate more than Defending the New York Jets, Jay, as a Dolphins fan. In fairness mm. to the Jets, they didn't invite this. Yes. They didn't start this, Thank right? You. And they didn't ask for this. So they have tried to quiet the noise. They didn't even want to do hard knocks this season. They have tried to quiet the noise around them. The reality is it ain't happening, Jets. You're, you've got Aaron Rodgers at the helm. You're in the number one market in the world. There is zero chance that noise around you is going to be quiet anytime soon. We're also not going to be quiet here. Amber Wilson, Jay Williams here with you on ESPN Radio. Our two-a-days continues next with the new English. Patriots. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a day. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The New England Patriots. Blue 58. Go. I'm Mike Reese with the Patriots. Top storyline, simple. Mac Jones and the offense. How much does the addition of new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien make a difference? Will we see the Mac Jones from his rookie year of 2021, or will it be a continuation of last year when Mac slipped in his second year in the NFL? Patriots feel like they have the support around Mac try to get him back to what he was like as a rookie. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio. The notorious just please us with the lyrical thesis. So the story of the New England Patriots, I think, is twofold this season. One comes before the other. It's Mac Jones, which you just heard there from our NFL Nations reporter who covers, of course, the New England Patriots, and also Bill Belichick, Jay, and how Mac Jones does might determine how long Bill Belichick stays with the New England Patriots in his 70s. But let's start with Mac Jones, because we are talking about a player who had a good rookie season, right? Men makes a Pro Bowl as an alternate. Last year, it looked entirely differently. Bailey Zappi at points in that offense looked better than Mac Jones did. Now, though, enter Bill O'Brien, and he brings all of that that we saw from him at Alabama. Is he going to be able to get the most out of Mac Jones? Are you a Mac Jones believer, Jay Williams? I, I, I'm I'm a believer that if there's anybody that can bring the best out of Mac Jones, it is Bill O'Brien. Somebody that where there's continuity and there's familiarity. Like I think that ultimately breeds success. Now whether it can breed success at uh, a level of football within a division that is maybe the toughest in football, I'm not sure it can get them over that hump. And I don't think time is a friend to Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones. You know, the interesting thing about this relationship, as I heard Mac Jones talk about his relationship with Bill Belichick the other day, Amber, as a a result of it being a fresh start, is the way he put it, um, is there's a lot for these two to get over. Obviously, his rookie year, and then obviously what happened last year between Matt Patricia uh, and then also Joe Judge, who still remains on the team as special teams coordinator. Um, but what I have known notice is that Mac Jones and his family seem to be pretty close with the upper brass with the Kraft family. And and that relationship, I'm just wondering, I'm not saying it's enough to supersede a guy like um, you know, Bill Belichick, who is the greatest coach of all time, 
But as we watch this team, and if they don't make the playoffs, it leads. I really do start to believe that we could be talking about Bill Belichick in some kind of consultation role with the organization moving forward because it, it lends to the question of, you know, look, if you're drafting personnel and that personnel is no longer at the upper echelon of this division and of this conference and we're watching teams like Buffalo with the star quarterback continue to move forward, playing more of a spaced-out area of football – Right, And if we're not playing that way, if we're watching Tua with your Miami Dolphins continuing to build, if we're watching the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson and the way they're going to air it out with Nathaniel Hackett, is our style of play not up to date with where the league is going? And that's a real legit question. We've heard Robert Kraft talk about this multiple times. And if you're Mac Jones, if you have that relationship and you're saying, if you're not allowing me to play that way where the rest of the league is moving in that direction – what time is it going to be for Bill Belichick, Amber? You tell me what you think about that. I mean, this New England Patriots team benefited off of an incredibly weak division for 20 years. Also benefited, of course, from having the greatest quarterback of all time yes. as their quarterback. So both of those factors now non-existent. They're in a stacked division, and Tom Brady's no longer at the helm. I think, though, if Mac Jones can at least elevate a little bit, a little bit back to the guy that we saw his rookie season, then maybe he has some sort of future here in new England. And it seems reasonable to believe that when he actually has an offensive coordinator, maybe you'll be able to get more out of Mac Jones. I'm not one who's a big believer in Mac Jones in terms of him ever looking anywhere near, you know, a Tom Brady or or anywhere near a top tier quarterback in the league, but can Mac Jones be decent? Probably is decent going to be good enough for this fan base and for this ownership that has been so spoiled by, excellence for so long. I'm not so sure about that one. Now, I don't believe that Robert Kraft would ever get rid of Bill Belichick. Could I believe that maybe he gets relieved of his duties as general manager before he does as coach? That seems more plausible to me. We're talking about a coach who's chasing Don Shula's record to be all-time winning as coach in the NFL. He still seems years removed from that, particularly now with how the Patriots have been playing. Robert Kraft made it very clear that he doesn't care about those personal records. That was definitely a shot at Bill Belichick going after Don Shula's record. But the reality is you're talking about a coach who hasn't just won just one Super Bowl or Jay or two Super Bowls or three Super Bowls. I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. We're talking about two decades of absolute dominance in the NFL. And so I don't think that Bill gets pushed out as a coach in any scenario. Could he get kind of gently encouraged to retire one day? Yes. I mean, the man's in his 70s. I could see that conversation at some point. I don't see it happening this season. Though. So but I used to be on the train with you about, do you remove his GM hat and allow him to be a coach? And the more I found myself contemplating that, the more I it led me to, well, if you're drafting your personnel for style of play that it's conducive to how you coach, isn't it all the same? Like, how can you compartmentalize that? Well, I mean, so now I'm going to say I'm going to draft different personnel. Right. Like, does that really fit your style of play? Well, he hasn't been doing a very good job of drafting the person. And I'm not very impressed by the offseason moves here from I the New agree. England Patriots. I mean, you're talking about a team. They bring in Mike Gusecki. I mean, all right, as a all Dolphins right. fan, like, okay. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. But you're talking about swapping Myers for Smith-Schuster. And that doesn't do much for me. I mean, Juju's certainly the bigger name, but he didn't look at his yes. peak at, by any means in, in KC last year. 
you have problems there with Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker. I mean, again, as a Dolphins fan, like it, it, that wide receiver core doesn't do anything for me. And yet we're talking about a quarterback who needs to develop and needs to prove himself here to you in his third season. And I don't know how fa- it, it, we had this conversation for years with Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady seemed frustrated at the end of his tenure there in New England because they just refused. Bill refused to put the real weapons around him, the real dynamic weapons. And he thought, man, if I'm going to age gracefully, it'll be a heck of a lot easier to do that with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans down in Tampa. And obviously you saw how that worked out immediately in a Super Bowl. Bill's never really been known for putting the real weapons around Brady. He just had the quarterback before that was able to elevate the, you know, okay, receivers that were around him. He doesn't have that anymore. And so from a personnel perspective, I do feel like that's the starter point of the problem. I just don't know if Bill would ever relinquish that power. Like if you go to Bill and you're like, hey, we want to keep you on, but we don't want you drafting anymore or bringing and making the offseason moves anymore and bringing mm. in the free agents. I don't know if Bill's on board with that to your point. Well, I never thought I would say this. And I will follow my my old colleague in saying, but the first four games of the season, I mean, pretty much I think Bill Belichick's going to fall off a cliff. Like, I, I, I do. I mean, listen, Amber, Eagles at home, Dolphins at home, at Jets, at Cowboys. They're going to find themselves 0-4. I Very believe possible. it. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, when you have to play the Bills multiple times and the Dolphins multiple times and the Jets multiple times because of the division you're in, it could be very tough sledding here for this New England Patriots team. I, I have I have very mediocre expectations, mm-hmm. and mediocre ain't going to get it done in that division. Not playoffs. So for me, that's what mediocre yeah, means. That's what mediocre means, particularly when you're talking about the AFC and particularly that AFC East. Coming up next here, nothing mediocre about us. Amber Wilson and Jay Williams <laughs> hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Are we putting unfair pressure on Justin Fields? You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. If you had to rank your top five quarterbacks in regards to running, uh, then you can throw yourself in the list too. Oh, I am, because I definitely think I am. Everybody's buying in even more than last year for me. I've definitely grown as a leader. Justin looks good, though. He's going through the progressions. Um, he's looking very smooth, making good decisions out there, looking like best quarterback in the NFL. I think I'm still in wait-and-see mode with Justin Fields. Generally speaking, I, I'm still in uh, show-me-don't-tell-me mode. He's out here signing babies, quite literally, at training camp. Justin Fields having himself a moment there. In Chicago, 
Is he going to have a moment, though, Jay, for this season? Because he certainly has a heck of a lot of pressure on him, right? We are talking about a quarterback that is going to be very closely evaluated all season long on a Chicago Bears team that still ain't going to be very good around him. I think Justin Fields is going to be a superstar, man. I've been saying this for a while now, Amber, watching him at Ohio State. Um, Obviously, the running quarterback conversation, he's going to be in that category, one of the best to ever do it. I'm not saying his game is similar, but it's a a stockier version of Lamar Jackson, right? Like with his ability to get out of the pocket, to create those yards with his feet. Um, Is it unfair expectations for him? Sure. It's Chicago, right? As somebody that got drafted there, um, internally, they're always going to be unrealistic expectations for a guy that, you know, it has a chance to be a superstar when this town, this city has yearned for a superstar quarterback for the longest time. Now, realistically, they won three damn games last year. (laughs) If you're asking them and Ryan Poles, my boy, to win the NFC North, like that is unrealistic uh, to win seven, eight games. Okay. Like, and I still think that that's going to be a lot. It's going to take a superior like year from him. Now you want to see about his accuracy, throwing the ball, obviously getting DJ Moore, I think gives him a target along with Darnell Mooney. Uh, I, I think there is slightly better talent. Is the talent overwhelming? No, but a guy like Justin Fields, similar to how we had our QB tiers yesterday, one of the, you know, one of the measures of tier one is can a quarterback carry the load for their team? Can they make the impossible possible? And I am a believer that Justin Fields is one of those rare type of talents within the NFL that can make the impossible possible. It will lead to them winning their division. No, uh, will it lead them to winning and, uh, you know, the Super Bowl. No, him winning MVP. I'm not going to go that far. Because for me, it really feels like this is truly year two for him, Amber. Like, you know, year one was him, you know, with a a new OC, a new head coach, uh, a different OC, a different head coach. Uh, He was splitting reps with Andy Dalton. Last year, I felt like it was finally his team. So this is finally year two for me and how I truly look at it. Well, in the trajectory of this team, how Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are building this thing, this is the most fair shot that he will have had, right? Because they ripped it all the way down to the studs and they're building this thing and it's still going to be a bad team. I think seven, eight wins is a lofty expectation when you mention seven, eight wins. Doubling their wins, I think, would be a huge win for the Chicago Bears, right? Which would make it a six-win type of season. Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears for us here at NFL Nation, still has them finishing last in the division. But she said it doesn't matter. What matters here is building towards something, right? They're not worried about winning this division and making a postseason right now. They're worried about implementing their plan. And that plan involves Justin Fields. And that plan involves building and continuing to build around Justin Fields. But he's not Ryan Poles, this guy, right? He's not Matt Eberflus, this guy. He has to prove himself to some extent that he is, in fact, the guy moving forward. Or you would assume that they will be moving on from him. Now, I'm with you. I think he has wild talent. I find him incredibly exciting to watch. I thought he came out of the gate hot last year. 
I'm surprised to hear you say that you think he's already one of the greatest to do it as a dual threat quarterback. I think no, I, I, think I didn't say already. Really... No, 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 no. I say it, he will be when he it's all said be. and done. Yeah. Just and for I, clarification purposes, Amber. I'm surprised. And that's fair. That was a good clarification. Yes. I'm surprised, though, that you're already sold on that. I mean, I'm not sold on that with Justin Fields. I think the talent is there. But obviously, we have to see a little bit more of how that talent is utilized. Now, I think he's going to have a pretty good season. And if he has a pretty good season, that's all he needs to do. You're what more would about- you like to see from him, Amber? I Well, first of all, obviously, the more winning. Um, uh, well, but obviously- second of all... Yeah, I mean, you you have to cut down on some of the mistakes. We are talking about a quarterback with double-digit interceptions, you know, both seasons that he's been in the league. So you have to cut down on some of the mistakes. I don't want to have the conversation with, like, the arm and the accuracy and, like, that portion of it with a dual-threat quarterback. Obviously, what he does with his legs is pretty remarkable, but you have to make it all work, and it all has to come together, and then it has to result in the win-loss column. I think, really, Justin Fields just has to clean it up a little bit. It's not going to be easy. We're not talking about a good Chicago Bears team. I mean, he's got, it, it, he's got a lot of expectation. He's got a lot of pressure. And he's got a tall task ahead of him. That's the reality. But also when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's how it goes. Mike Greenberg, co-host of Get Up and of Greeny, was on Get Up yesterday. And he agrees with Jay that Justin Fields is going to be a superstar. Now he is set to follow Hertz and Allen again. Those two are the modern template for quarterback development. They're talented, in need of patience and coaching, and now look at them. Fields is exactly the same. Frankly, he was a better prospect than either of those guys were. The final piece to the puzzle came this offseason with the Bears' acquisition of D.J. Moore. They are hoping he can be to Fields what Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown were to his predecessors. And I'm here to tell you they got that absolutely right, all of it. The people of Chicago have been waiting all of their lives, like a century plus, what they are finally about to have, write it down. Justin Fields is going to be the next superstar quarterback in the NFL. I, I, don't, I don't hate the take. I don't hate the take. I don't know why you and Greeny feel so confident about the take, but I don't hate the take. I think that the skill set is there. But we, I mean, Kyler Murray has a skill set, right? Mm, it's the wild, raw talent. Like we So can name- different, Amber. Well, tell me why. Because we can name quarterbacks around the league that we've seen the raw talent, we've seen the exciting moments, and we're not necessarily sold on how it's going to pan out for the team. So I'll preface my opinion by telling you first and foremost, I am biased. Because I, I've known Justin Fields. And when you know somebody and you spend time talking to them here and there, you, you start paying attention. To me personally, I look for characteristic traits of people who are incredibly competitive. And do you have the drive? But not only do you have the drive, do you have the quality habits that can lead you to ultimately being successful? And one of those habit traits I look for, Amber, is, you know, really being obsessed. Justin Fields is obsessed with the game of football. He's obsessed with being a quarterback and studying the playbook and building relationships with teammates and learning better ways to lead and learning better ways to communicate. And I think when you see somebody with that foundation, granted, a lot of other things need to be built correctly. But I, I really think you just said it earlier when you said, hey, you, you tear it down to the studs. That is truly what needed to be ha- – like that, that's what needed to occur in order for Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles to build the right foundation. From somebody who came into a situation – like I had a good general manager, but we didn't have a quality coach in my first year with the Bulls. You recognize how important it is not only to have the talent, but to have the right pieces around the talent 
coach-wise and GM-wise, to foster the right culture for a player to grow. And I think what we're seeing from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus is the right culture for a guy like Justin Fields, who has all the quality traits and habits to be a superstar, for it to be grown properly from the floor up. That's what I, I do see. Think that, I do think the talent certainly is there. I think the traits are certainly there, like you said. And I will take your word for the work ethic, since you know Justin Fields personally. So the tools are all there in the toolbox. Now it's a matter of refining those tools, making those tools actually work for you, and using those tools to prove to Eberflus and Poles that you are, in fact, that guy moving forward. Coming up next, why don't we talk about the Baltimore Ravens more this season? Lamar got paid. Can he now win? This is ESPN Radio. More next. 